Thank you, Rabbi Miodonik, for the beautiful introduction. It was worth coming just for that. Thank you. <laughs> after a long, dry sermon, the rabbi announced that after services, kind of a board meeting. And at the meeting, he sees a gentleman never saw before. He said, excuse me, he says, what are you doing here? He says, I'm very bored. I was very bored. <laughs> well, the topic tonight is staying cool. But if you didn't know, it's all about anger, really. Anger management. So let's say it as it is. And I'd like to start off first with some sources in the Torah. And it's interesting because the book of Bereshit, I call the book of psychology, human psychology. The book of Bereshit is all about human psychology. There's many other things as well in it. Um, but it's really full, chock-a-block, human psychology. And right at the beginning of the Torah, we find anger. We find a terrible trait of anger. And one brother kills the other brother. Cain kills Hebel. Anger. And Hashem says, Lama charalach? Why did you get angry? Why did you get angry? Lama naflu panecha? Why did you get depressed? Seems the two are somehow linked, which we're going to talk about. Why did you get angry and why did you get depressed? The second case we find is Esav and Yaakov. Yaakov tricks his father, tricks Esav, and he gets the Be'acha, and Esav goes ballistic. Esav gets crazy. Esav says, I'm going to kill my brother when my father dies. And he delayed his anger. And we're going to see that's one of the techniques to control anger is delaying one's anger. Esav delayed his anger. And eventually, instead of killing his brother, he made friends with his brother, which is interesting. Esau made friends with his brother instead of killing him. He laid his anger. We'll talk more about that later. Yaakov and Lavan. It says Yaakov faces up to Lavan in the end. He runs away from him. Eventually, he faces him. And Orachim HaKadosh says he faces him and he has it out with him. Verbally, he has it out with him. You see one of the techniques of managing anger right there is having it out with the person. You will surely rebuke your friend, the Torah says. Have it out with him. Don't bear resentment. Don't bear grudge. So finally, pushed to the wall, Yaakov tries to run away. Lavan catches up with him and he's forced to confront him. He gets it off his chest. Then we find the story of Shimon and Levi with uh, Dina. Dina is uh, captured. She's raped. And Shimon and Levi take vengeance in the whole city of Shechem. They destroy the city of Shechem. And Yaakov Avinu curses their anger. Arura Pamki Azimataki Kashata. He curses their anger. He doesn't curse them. If you compare Yaakov's reaction to Noah, Noah curses Canaan, his own grandson. Terrible thing to do. Curses his own grandson. Yaakov doesn't curse his children, thank God. We're all blessed. We're not cursed. But he does curse their bad traits. He curses the bad trait of anger. So we see that how bad it is. He curses anger. Arura Pami curses the anger. So we see over here another idea, another technique over here is distinguishing between the person and their behavior. Distinguishing between um, Levi and Shimon and the behavior of Levi and Shimon, the traits of Levi and Shimon. He says, I don't like your traits. I love you, but I, don't like, I hate your, your traits, your bad traits of anger. The brothers with Yosef. We're going to talk about the brothers of Yosef, how they, they were angry, but they kept minimizing their rage. First they said, we'll kill him. Then we said, why spill his blood? Let's throw him in the pit. And they said, why should we kill him in the pit? Let's sell him as a slave. So that's another technique is minimizing, all the time minimizing, 
Then we find Moshe Rabbeinu at the rock. One of the one of the classics of. Um, unfortunately, he was not allowed to go into Eretz Israel because of that event. And we find some positive anger, which is Pinchas. So there's a couple of there's a lot of different cases through the Torah regarding anger. Now, what are what are the sources which tell us that anger is so bad? So we listed a few. We can see the results of anger in the Torah. What are the sources that tell us anger is bad? Well, the Torah tells us that has a lot of different headings. It's one of the headings for chesed. But it's also a heading that says, you know, if you love your friend, then how are you going to love him if you're angry with him? How are you going to express love to someone you're angry with? So really, you can't be angry at someone you're meant to love. You can't really, they don't go together. You can't love and, and be angry at the same time. They don't go together. So the after the rest of implies, if you love someone, you don't get angry with them. So that's what Yaakov Avinu did. He separated between the person and the behavior. He loved the people, he loved the children, but he hated their behavior. And the negative of the is, don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. So I wouldn't like other people to get angry with me. I'm not allowed to get angry with someone else. So that's the first class. We have to, we have to know human relationships are governed by this famous uh, dictum, which Rabbi Akiva says is the main principle of the Klaus Torah. We have to react. Come on, it's cloud gathered the Torah. That's the main foundation of the Torah. A person can be evaluated in three things. The Gemara says in Erevin. Bekiso, Bekoso, Bekaso. One of the famous Gemara. I'm sure everyone knows this Gemara. A person is evaluated in three things. Bekiso. What is Bekiso in his money, in his pocket? Is he mean? Is he not mean? Bekoso, is he a drunk? Is he not a drunk? How does he imbibe his wine? And lastly, Bekaso, is anger. A person is, is judged on these three things. You can evaluate a person on these three things. That's what a beautiful explanation. But Kiso can mean if he's mean or not. But it can also mean if you examine someone's pocketbook, examine their checkbook, you'll see what their priorities are in life. Where is the money going? Is the money going for their children's education? Is the money going on betting? Is the money going on gambling? What is the person's priority in life? So it's very important. But Kiso tells you who the person is. Where are their priorities? Because to what do we drink? To what are we happy about? What is a person's priorities when it comes to happiness? Are they happy that Rutgers won? Are they happy that, uh, I don't know, the Giants won? I don't know. What is a person happy about? Are they happy that something good happened in Israel? So, so it costs can mean, what is a person happy about? You can tell what a person is by what they rejoice about. And lastly, Picasso. What makes a person angry? Are they angry for a good reason or angry for something small? So the castle, you can also tell who the person is. By examining what makes that person angry, you can already tell what kind of person that is. So a person's angry for small things, a small-minded person. A person's angry because of global warming. He's upset. That's, you can tell what kind of person that is. He's angry about the situation in Israel. Okay, you can tell what the person. So there's three things you can tell, evaluate a person is, the kisso, where how he spends his money, that's his priorities in life. What makes the person happy, that's his priorities in life. What makes the person angry is his priorities in life. So you saw Pinchas' his priorities in life. What made him angry was Chil Hashem. Priorities in life. So that's the second source, third source. Self-control. One of the ideals of the Torah is self-control. And Shlomo Amela talks a lot about it in Mishlei. He tells us, One who is slow to anger is greater than a strong person. This is Mishlei chapter 16. One who rules over his spirit is greater than a conqueror of a city. 
And then we have a famous Mishnah for Kiavot, Ezehu Gibor, who is a mighty person. He's Ben Azai, I think Ben Azai says this. Who is a wealthy person? Who is a mighty person? Ezehu Gibor, a Koveshi Yitro. A person who is in control, who is mighty, might is measured by control, self-control. The more a person can control themselves, the more mighty they are in Judaism. So lack of self-control is a very weak individual. We call it a weak character. So a strong character is a person who can control their reactions. So we can control our reactions. That's strength. That's Gevura. That was Yitzhak Avira. Yitzhak Avira represents Gevura. What's Gevura? Gevura is the ability to control one's reactions. A 37-year-old man left to let his father take him and tie him up and nearly kill him. Um, he was tricked by his uh, son. He was tricked by his wife. What is his response? Come here. He will be blessed. He was totally in control. Yitzhak never lost his temper. He was totally in control. That's a gibor. That's givura. Givura is to be totally in control, not to lose it. So self-control is a Torah idea. We have to realize... Self-control is a very important principle of the Torah. Number four. The Arizal says an amazing thing. His anger is worse than all the other traits. Why? He says anger pervades the person's personality more than any other trait. So a person has one bad trait. Okay, it's a bad trait. It's a part of the personality which is corrupt. Anger, he says, is consuming. It's all-consuming. Consumes the whole personality. It's the worst thing a person can do. It's get angry. It rips his soul apart. Number five, today, more than ever before, the world is full of violence. And one of the reasons is probably because we see so much violence. And there's just studies which bear this out, or watching TV, that uh, causes more violence. Violence breeds more violence. Seeing violence breeds violence. We're living in a violent society. If a person gets angry, there's road rage. So it's two-fifths of all fatal accidents are caused by road rage. That's a lot of uh, accidents caused fatal accidents. Road rage, there's uh, rage, a person gets angry and starts shooting people. Because uh, there's stories, he goes to the post office and kills his co-workers, former co-workers. Anger, today is a big problem. And with weapons around, it's very easy to get people to get killed. Now, it's interesting, I just want to give you a little bit of a background information. When the Torah says ka'as, it's a very broad generic term. Ka'as is a very broad generic term. And really, ka'as, there's different stages, different levels of ka'as. So the Torah, when the Torah says, it doesn't use any other words for it, it just says kaas. Whoever gets angry is like a person who worships idols. But really there's different parts to anger. Anger starts off as an emotion. The person gets upset. And this emotion is a natural emotion. It's a natural emotion which is like an instinctive self-defense mechanism. We all have this instinctive self-defense mechanism. Something happens to the person, someone does something to the person, and the person gets upset. So it's a self, it's like an instinctive motion to cause self-defense. And that causes a lot of physiological phenomena which cause the person to have uh, more adrenaline rushing to the person, the heartbeat increases, the blood pressure increases. And the idea is to get the person ready to respond. He's, he's going on the defensive, the person's going on the defensive. Someone just attacked the person, maybe verbally, maybe physically, maybe in other ways, and the person's going on a defensive mechanism. So the first emotion is, that's called anger. Anger is the emotion the person feels, a natural, natural, instinctive emotion to respond to and activate a person's own defenses. And maybe go on the attack as well. That's natural. That's not evil. That's natural. And the Torah doesn't forbid that. We need to do that. That's an instinct which Hashem built into a person. 
The problem is the next stage. The next stage is the reaction. What does that emotion cause? That emotion can cause rage. So in English there's words that describe all these different phenomena. So the first thing is anger. The second step is rage. Rage is how a person responds. A person says, you know I'm upset. I'm going to express it. I'm going to react. I'm going to react. Depends how the person reacts. He reacts violently. Reacts out of control. That's called rage. Rage. Now there's two kinds of rage. There's suppressed rage, which is passive rage, and there's active rage. Active rage is a person who reacts actively. Passive rage is when a person bears the rage inside. And then the Torah talks about it. Talks about loti kombe loti tor. Don't bear a grudge. There's two kinds of grudges. One is an active grudge, one is a passive grudge. Even in the grudge, there's an active grudge or passive grudge. The guy comes and he says, can I borrow your lawnmower? He says, no, you didn't lend me your, uh, your, your vacuum last yesterday. I'm not going to lend you my lawnmower. That's an active grudge. The passive grudge is, okay, I'm not like you. I'll lend you my lawnmower. I'm not like you. <laughs> so it says, loti loti not an active grudge, not a passive grudge. Because that's a kind of rage reaction. Then we have resentment building up. So it says, loti don't hate your brother in your heart. That's a hard one. So to the credit of the brothers of Yosef, it says, Rashi says over there, the Torah says they didn't say a good word or a bad word to him. They didn't talk to him. Rashi says over there they were fulfilling this mitzvah. They didn't hate him in their heart. They were expressing the hate. By not talking to him, they were expressing the hate. A person who doesn't express the hate is the most dangerous. Why? You don't know which who he bears your grudge and you don't know what's going to happen. You can't take precautions. You don't know he's your enemy. He's acting as a friend. That's the difference between Fatah and Hamas. Hamas is more dangerous. Why? Uh, Fatah is more dangerous. Why? Because yeah, we recognize Israel, sure. And Hamas say it as it is. We want to destroy Israel. Who's more dangerous? So, The person should not hate their brother in the heart. Hatred in the heart is the most dangerous thing. Why? Because the person can't take self-defensive measures. So there's active uh, rage and there's passive rage. The passive rage is burying something in the heart. It's passive rage, resentment, hatred. Revenge is an outgrowth of anger. The Torah prohibits any kind of revenge, active or passive. The Torah prohibits hating someone in the heart. Some people can remain angry for years. Rabbi Victor Miller writes, I got a call from a woman who says, you know what? My husband is impossible. My husband's impossible. So he says, can you give me an example of why she's impossible? He says, yeah. 20 years ago he did this to me. <laughs> what? For 20 years she's been replaying the same event in her mind. It's building inside her. 20 years. That's passive resentment which a person has. And that's something which a person never did anything about the anger. So the anger is inside, the rage is inside, Nothing was done about it, but just keep replaying and rehashing over and over again. Sometimes after 25 years of marriage, someone brings up something that happened 24 years ago. Nothing worse than that. That's resentment inside which was not expressed. So what, is, what does a person do? What are the techniques? So what are the tools? Before I go into the tools, the Rambam has a whole section in Chotiot. I'm sure you're going to get a part of it. Uh, I think it's coming out in the act in the next uh, module. Right. And the module I got anyway, the module is going to include a section of Hilchot Deot. The Rambam has a section of Hilchot Deot, 
laws of character traits. And the Rambam says over there, Rambam has two chapters on character traits where he talks about, the first chapter deals with the average person. The average person. And the average person, he says, should have average traits. What are average traits? He says the mean between the extremes of the traits. He talks about all the different traits, give you a list. And he talks about anger. He says, a person should not be unfeeling like a rock. That's not what God wanted. Hashem did not want human beings to be unfeeling like rocks. He created us with his instinct of emotion to get upset. On the other hand, he doesn't want us to be crazy with rage. He doesn't want the two extremes. He wants us to be in the balance. You get upset for when you need to get upset. You get upset for something you can do something about, something positive. Something positive can come out of it. Your child does something wrong, you get upset and you rebuke the child and you change him. That's good. That's the first section of the Rambam. In the second section of the Rambam, I think it's chapter 3, the Rambam says, he's talking about Talmidei Hakamim. Now, in a sense, we're all Talmidei Hakamim. When anyone sits in a rabbi's class, he's already Talmidei Hakam, in a sense. So Talmidei Hakamim, he says, should never get angry. Anger is bad. He doesn't say bad, he says a person should never get angry. And a person is allowed to exhibit anger, but never lose, get, a, get into a temper. A person is allowed to exhibit anger, in other words, put on a kind of act for anger. What case? He brings down two cases that are both educational. Case of a teacher in school, and a case of parents at home. Parents and teachers are allowed to show anger. It's very hard. Someone asked me the other day, one of the mothers asked me, she says, how do you show anger without getting angry? And it's hard because you're showing anger, but inside you're meant to be in control. So the problem with anger is losing it. The problem with anger, the main problem with anger is losing it. So let's go through the order over here. The first one is anger. We call anger is the emotion, instinctive emotion. That's not bad. Instinctive emotion is something natural that Hashem built into us. The next stage is the problem, which is rage. It's expressive rage, passive rage, active rage, different kinds of rage. And the next problem is resentment. The next problem is uh, bearing a grudge. And the next problem is revenge and hatred inside. Those are the problem issues which flow from rage. So those are the things which we're talking about, which is the bad side of anger. The bad side of anger is the expression of rage and how the rage comes out and what are the effects are. So what are the tools to help contain and control anger? Which is really what this, uh, the topic is. How do a person stay cool? Keeping one's cool. How does a person keep one's cool? It's very hard to keep cool. I'm sure everyone knows how hard it is. And sometimes there's nudniks around, which really get under your skin. And, you know, we, we've got to face facts. Sometimes there's nudniks around, which get under your skin. Um, and uh, they really get to you, and then the person really blows up. See, the, most, the calmest person around. You get a nudnik. So the Gemara says a beautiful story. It says, two people had a wager about Hillel. Now, everyone knew Hillel was very slow to anger. Hillel was very humble. You could bother Hillel numerous times and he wouldn't lose his temper. They took a wager. So one guy says, I bet I can make Hillel lose his temper. That guy says, I bet you can't. And they wager an enormous amount of money on this uh, wager. I think it was 200 gold coins or something like that. A phenomenal amount of money. And the guy who waged that he's going to make Hillel lose his temper came on Erev Shabbat. Come on, Friday afternoon. So Shabbat comes in around 4, right? 4. It's winter time. Hillel's taking a shower, maybe 2, 3 o'clock, he's taking a shower, bangs on the door, Hillel, Hillel! Hillel wears his bathrobe, oh, answers the door. 
says, yes, my son. He asked him a silly question. Why do Babylonians have round heads? Silly question. <laughs> he looks, good question. Gives him an answer. Goes back into his shower. Five minutes later, bang, bang, bang. Hillel, Hillel. Listen, please don't try this on me. Don't, don't get any ideas of it. I'm not Hillel. My name is not Hillel. Don't try this on me. Hillel, Hillel. Comes out again. Silly question. Goes back in. Happens a few times. In the end, the man lost his temper. He said, Hillel, is your name Hillel? He says, I hope there are no more rabbis like you in Israel. He says, why my son? What happened? What have I done to you? He says, you made me lose 400 gold coins. Hillel said, it's better you lose 400 gold coins than I lose my temper. So that's, that's, that's the level of Hillel. No, no everyone can reach the level of Hillel. But what, how did Hillel manage his temper? How did he do it? So what are the techniques? Let's go through some techniques. So number one is to recognize that rage, which is the second stage, is something evil. Rage is bad. Rage has to be contained. Rage is dangerous. Rage is a bad trait, as the Rabbah says. And at the first, the treatment of any vice, the first stage is to recognize that it's bad. Recognize that it's evil. Rage is something bad. We have to say tonight, rage, we have to call it what it is. Say it as it is. Rage is a bad trait. Rage is evil. Rage is not allowed for a Jew to engage in rage. A Jew is allowed to show anger, but never to get enraged. We're not allowed to hate, we're not allowed to resent, we're not allowed to take revenge. We're not allowed to bear a grudge inside, we're not allowed to hate someone in, inside. We can vent it to them in private. You think it's going to be useful, you can vent and hopefully do something useful and productive. But otherwise, a person is not allowed to do anything which can cause someone else pain based on rage. And a person shouldn't hurt themselves either. Torah says, Bahai Bahim. You will live with the Torah, you won't die through the Torah. A person is raged, they have to know how to deal with it in a productive kind of way, which won't hurt anyone, won't hurt someone else, won't hurt themselves. A lot of people have bare rage inside and they hurt themselves. And uh, anger is known to be destructive in terms of medical reasons as well. It raises the blood pressure. Says so people who are angry or hostile have a 20% more chance of heart attacks. So a person's got to know these statistics and know that anger is bad. So number one is to recognize the evil of rage. Recognize how bad it is. Number two, it's interesting. Rabbeinu Yonah, he says, based on Mishle, in Mishle 22, Shlomo Mena says, stay away from angry people. Stay away from angry people. This is hard for a spouse. This is very hard for a spouse. Stay away from angry people. For three reasons, Rabbeinu Yonah says. Number one, they may antagonize you with their anger. Number two, by being exposed to anger regularly, you'll think that anger may be allowed. Right? Someone sees on TV, sees violence every day. I think you know, violence is allowed. If I see it so often, it might uh, corrupt me in terms of lowering my sensitivity. A person who's exposed to anger all the time might lower their sensitivity and say, you know what, if there's so much anger around, maybe it's allowed. Maybe that's what it is. Look at the Arab street. Anger loses its, there's no, there's no sensitivity anymore. Violence is acceptable. Anger is acceptable. So being around an angry person may make a person think that anger is permissible. And the uh, Gaon gives an additional reason. He says, when a person gets angry at innocent people and you don't defend them, you become an accessory. So there's reasons for staying away from people who do get angry. It affects a person. Number three. 
Number three, today we are under pressure. Everyone is under pressure. Everyone is stressed out. I see the rabbis over here just tired, tired, stressed. It's a seven-day week, right? Rabbi. Seven-day week of 16-hour days. It's a lot of stress. People work hard. People are stressed out. We have to relieve pressure on ourselves. Before the pressure just explodes, we explode. So number two is very simple. Relieve stress. Relieve pressure. How does a person relieve pressure? So everyone has their own techniques. Everyone has to know. Everyone has to find a way which they themselves can relieve the pressure. A person can just relax for 10 minutes a day, uh, 10 minutes every six hours or so. Do something they enjoy. Enjoy their family. Enjoy their friends. Find a positive way to relax. Meditate on Hashem's beautiful world. Count one's blessings. So very important to relax, to relieve pressure on oneself. It's very important. Number three. Remember one's purpose in life. Mishra Yishayim tells us there's three purposes in life. It's amazing. What is my purpose in life? The, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot. says, This world is like a corridor before the next world. What's our mission? Hatken atzmecha beprusdor. Says, fix yourself in the corridor before you enter the vestibule. Fix yourself. What's my purpose in the world? Doesn't say fix the world. Tikkun olam. We all talk about tikkun olam. But a, a person himself is an olam. Every single person is a world in itself. Every single human being is olam male. You save a life. You save the whole world. You save a world. A, wo- a life is a world. Hakenat mecha, the Mishnah says. Fix yourself. Our mission is to fix ourselves. By fixing ourselves, we make the world a better place. Because every person would fix themselves, the whole world will be perfect. That's the Jewish system. The Jewish system is one at a time. Fix each one, one at a time. I'll take questions at the end. So a person's got to remember, number one, one's purpose in life. What is one purpose in life? So Mr. Hashem says three things. Perform its foot. Number two, serve Hashem. Number three, pass the tests that Hashem sends us. Every one of us is tested. We know Abraham Avinu had ten, ten trials, the Mishnah says. We have trials. <coughs> Every day we pray in our morning prayers. Lodi day nisayon. Lodi day bizayon. We don't have any tests. We don't have any disgrace. Because the failing of the test is disgrace. So we're tested. We have to know we're tested. One of the tests is anger. One of the tests is nudniks who trouble us and persecute us and drive us crazy. But it's one of, that's one of the tests. You've got to realize that's a test. Remember our purpose in life is to pass these tests. Number four, stay away from pride. Someone says whoever gets angry is as if they worship idols. There's different, different explanations of what that means. So the Gemara expands on that and says it's not like he worships idols, but eventually he will. If he can't control himself, eventually the Israel is going to get so strong and says, look, you failed at this, you failed at this, you failed at this, you might as well just worship idols. He's, got, he's on a slippery slope. If he can't control his temper, he can't control himself. If he can't control himself, who knows what he's going to end up doing? He's going to do the worst things. That's what the Gemara is saying. He's going to, as if, he's going to, he's going to, as if he did worship idols. He didn't really worship idols, but it's going to lead to that. He's on a slippery slope. He's on a downward slope. The second explanation is, when a person really is enraged, they're really worshipping themselves. It's ego. A person worships the ego. I am mad. So it's I, 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 I. So there's a difference between 
So that's I, the I. It depends where the I is. United or untied? The difference is where the I is. Are we united or are we untied? Is the is the I at the front or is the I in the back? Where is it? United or untied? So it depends on where the I is. The I makes a big difference. We find the the greats. This week's parasha we just read Vayera. Avraham Avinu describes himself. How does he describe himself? How does he describe himself? Afar. Who said it? Afar Efer. He says, I am dust and ashes. I mean, what a description. Here, his name was just changed. Just read about his name change. He is from Avram, which Rashi says is Av of Aram, the father of Aram, which is Syria. He becomes Avraham, the father of the whole world. Av Hamon Goyim. His name changed. Who am I? I am. The joke is that uh, someone was lost at sea in a yacht. Beautiful, beautiful yacht. Sends an SOS. And uh, the Coast Guard says, tell me, what's your position? He says, I'm a bank manager. (laughs) (laughs) When we think about ourselves, we think about our title. Abraham, when he thought about himself, didn't think about his title. He thought about his essence. What is his essence? He says, I'm dust and ashes. We have to realize who we are. Abraham Avinu could say he's dust and ashes, and who are we? Dust and ashes, Moshe Rabbeinu. How does he describe himself? And Tehillim, he says, Ani rimav That's a tough one. What does that mean? I'm a worm. I'm a worm, he says. Wow. And Moshe Rabbeinu, we all know, Hashem describes him as, was, what, is, what is the title Hashem gives Moshe Rabbeinu? Huh? Okay, Yishalakim. What else? Eved Hashem. The highest level we could ever reach is, imagine, we want to be in Eved. That's a wild one. I want to aspire. I want to be aspire to be a slave. I will say today. We'll say servants. <coughs> we'll say slave today. It's a bad word. We'll say servant. I aspire in my life to be a servant. Wow, that takes a lot of humility to aspire to be a servant. It's a, a servant of Hashem. But Hashem describes it. He was the most humble person in the whole world, which is why his prophecy is like no one else's prophecy. Because he was like a clear glass, which means it didn't go through his ego. It didn't filter. The prophecy never filtered through his ego. All the other Nevi'im, however great they were, the prophecy filtered through their ego. There was always a little twist. You relay a person a message, and he little twists it through his ego. I was at a place once where there was a rabbi from Israel speaking in Hebrew, and there was a translator. And the translator was, no one else could know unless you knew the Hebrew, was changing completely the message. So now you can imagine, Hashem is pushing a message through a Navi, and the Navi distorts it a little bit based on his ego. Moshe Rabbeinu was like clear glass. He never had an ego. Stay away from pride. Pride leads to anger, rage. Number five. Ezhu Mechubad. Who is honorable? Mishnah says, Who is honorable? A person who gives honor to the creatures of the world. Why is there a mitzvah to give honor to people? What's the... What's the reason why we honor people? Who? I don't even know this guy. Or he's a bad guy. Why should I give him honor? What's the answer? Peter. Right? Hashem says, right? Being in the Torah. This is the uh, beginning of uh, the U.S. Constitution, right? Man is created in the image of God. Every man is an individual. Every human being is an individual. We have to know that. It's a mitzvah to give kavod. Who is honorable? A person who gives kavod to others. 
So we have to just honor someone just for the fact that they create an image of God. It's hard to do that. See someone. I should honor them. They create an image of God. So as Rav, uh, Rav Miller says, he says every morning when he washed his face, he would say, I'm, I'm washing the image of Hashem. Obviously Hashem has no image. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the spiritual image of the person. But we have to realize that we're walking images of Hashem. We have self-worth. And the other person has worth as well. We have to remember that. Differentiate, as we mentioned, between the person and his behavior, like Yaakov Avinu. Curse the anger, don't curse the person. Focus on the big picture. There's so many problems in life. A person gets involved with small little issues, makes this big issue from a small issue. Nothing worse than that. That's small-mindedness. A person's got to be big-minded. See the big picture. Don't see the small picture. Focus on the loss involved to the relationship. The loss involved, maybe to oneself, just by getting angry, just by being in a rage. It says, uh, if a person is wise, it says, a person who gets angry loses his wisdom. If he's a Navi, if he's a prophet, he loses his prophecy. He made a mistake with the spies. Send spies. You want to send them, send them. So focus on the loss involved in the rage. Just by losing one's temper, a person loses a lot. Not only that, but the relationship also can be destroyed. A person causes themselves damage as well. A person gets into a heart attack. A person can know there's damage involved. Pirkei Avot tells us. What number are we on? Who's taking notes? Huh? What number are we on? Six. Six, that's it? Wow. Judge each person favorably. Daniel, kol adam lekafsachut. Pirkei Avot. Chapter 1. Mishnah 6. We have to realize, as we said, we're all under stress. That means the other party is also under stress. Why does he say these things? He's stressed out. Who knows why people are stressed? People have financial difficulties. There may be a problem at home. There may be some sickness going on. Maybe a problem with one of the kids. Who knows why a person is stressed out? So let's done as Kol Adam There's a beautiful story. Uh, of Arya Levi. A Tzadik in Our Time. Beautiful book. By Simcharaz. Tzadik in Our Time. It's good to read these stories of Tzadikim. It gives us a little perspective. So he went to a funeral once. And he sees the best friend of the deceased leave the funeral in the middle. What? He's the best friend. So at the end, towards the end of the funeral procession, he sees the friend came back with a flower pot. He left the funeral of his friend, his best friend, to go and buy a flower pot. I've got to talk to this guy. He was mad. He was burning inside. So he takes the guy inside and says, Tell me, he says, You left your best friend's funeral to buy a flower pot. What happened? He said, Rabbi, he says, My friend died of a disease which was communicable. A communicable disease. And the doctor said he had to burn everything that he ever wore. And I pleaded with the doctor, I said, please, you can't burn the tefillin. And the doctor says, if you bury the tefillin in a a flower pot, you can keep the tefillin. You don't have to burn it. So I went to buy a flower pot to put the tefillin, so I could bury it with the person. So Arya Levin said, from that time on I decided I'll never judge a person badly. There's always a reason why people do things and we don't know the reason. So it's important not to lose one step over some people. Some people you've got to pity. That's another one. Another way of controlling temper is sometimes you have to pity the person. You have to pity the person for the way they acted. Maybe they acted that way because of a reason. Maybe they're imbalanced. Maybe they're pressure. Who knows why they acted like that. Delay your reaction. I think number eight. Delay your reaction. 
He said, Esau delayed his revenge on Yaakov. Thank God for that, otherwise we wouldn't be here today. Imagine, think about it. Esau delayed his reaction. He says, I'll wait till my father dies. That saved him, because Yitzhak lived, uh, I don't know how many more years. 22, more, 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 way more. Uh, he died 170. He lived more, a long time. So Esau was delaying his rage, and eventually what happens, he makes friends with his brother. So think about it. Well, the difference is, it could be minutes, it could be hours. So the Baruch Ber, who was the Birkat Shmuel, wrote a tremendously complicated commentary on the Talmud. We used to spend hours and hours on the Birkat Shmuel. Spend days and months on the Birkat Shmuel. Birkat Shmuel said he had a special anger hat. What does that mean? It means... When he'd get angry, he would, not, he would not get into a rage, he would not express his reaction until he would li- look for his hat and wear the hat. And inevitably, he never knew where his hat was. He, <laughs> he was like Einstein. He just, he, his mind was on the Gemara, he never knew where the hat was. So he said, bring my anger hat. They're looking all over the anger hat by the time they find it, he calmed down already. Forgot about his anger. Suppose it could delay. That's what they call about counting to ten. But counting to ten is not enough. Suppose it really got to delay. Buy an anger hat and hide it. Rav uh, Volba, he has a great book called Ale Shor. I think it's translated now into English. Rav Volba. Rav Volba was a famous mashkiach in, in Israel. Rav Volba says one day he was going home, and he's followed by ten students or whatever it was. He went home. He takes off his beautiful black hat. He crumples it and puts it in the closet. He said, what? Students are so meticulous with their hats. How can you do that, Rabbi? So I want to teach you of Midah of not being too particular. Don't be too particular. Being too particular is a recipe for disaster and could be divorce. Do you know how many divorces there are over covering the toothpaste? <laughs> or putting the socks in the waistband, in the laundry basket? Being too particular is a recipe for disaster. Also. <laughs> So the person's got to work on the trade and not being too particular. Okay, he walked in, he didn't take off his shoes, he put a, took off his shoes, took on his shoes, shoes were dirty, shoes were wet, shoes were this. Don't be too particular. Keep minimizing one's reactions. He said by the brothers of Yosef. First they said, we'll kill him. We said, why should we spill his blood? We'll put him in the pit. And then they said, we'll sell him as a slave. And then when they went to Misraim, he accuses them of being spies. Why? Because they all came through different gates. Why did they all come through different gates? So one of the explanations is because they were searching for their long lost brother. They wanted to bring him back. They wanted to redeem it at all costs. They took so much money, they wanted to redeem their brother. Minimize the rage. Keep working on oneself. So it was one of the great uh, mashkiyas was uh, Lopian. Lopian. says, uh, one day a man, a boy came to Lopian. He says, Rabbi, he says, oh, please forgive me. He says, why? What have you done? Sometimes it's better not to tell people what you did to them. They don't know. Sometimes it's better not to tell them. So the boy told him, and the rabbi said, come back in two weeks. So what? Come back in two weeks. Came back in two weeks. He says, the rabbi said, I forgive you. He says, why did it take you two weeks? He says, I had to work on myself. After I heard what you did, I felt so much rage and anger and resentment and, reve- and wanting revenge. I had to work on I had to learn Musar for two weeks. And that's the next one. Learn Musar. Ethics. There are good books to get on this subject. There are good modern books. There's one written by Rabbi Moshe Goldberger on anger management. There's one written by Rabbi Twersky. He's got so many books. And I say, Rabbi Twersky, what's the answer? 
What does Rav Twisky say? Talk about all the time self-esteem. Self-esteem. Rav Twisky always says the root of all the issues is low self-esteem. Person got to work on their self-esteem. Person who has good self-esteem won't get upset so easily. Why? Because what do you do to me? I'm okay. So he, did, he called me a name. It doesn't really mean, mean anything. You know, there was, a, there was a great story. I don't know who it was. There was a rabbi who was hounded in Europe by young kids. Say, Jew, Jew, Jew. So you know what he did? He said, every time you call me a Jew, I'm going to give you 10 cents. <laughs> so then the, the game lost fun. You know, like, they're getting paid every time they say Jew. So Jew, Jew, Jew. They became his best friends. He made his enemies into his friends. So that's a gift, how to make your enemies into your friends. Instead of using anger as a reaction, rage as a reaction, figure out a positive way of handling it. Positive way of handling the situation. Don't fight it out, talk it out. Yaakov and Lavan. Yaakov, instead of fighting Lavan, eventually expresses himself to Lavan. Talk it out, hash it out. Man to man or woman to woman. Revolver, again, Alay Short. He says, develop a sense of humor. We should all try and develop a sense of humor. First, with a good sense of humor, we'll make everything into a kind of joke, half joke, whatever, brush it off as a kind of joke. And this way, that helps the person, relieves a lot of pressure. This person's going to try and work. Where do we learn this from? Where do we know this concept of, where does the Torah mention a sense of humor? Any ideas? Don't answer, Peter, because... Does anyone know, where does the Torah mention a sense of humor? Huh? Sarah. Sarah. We just read about that. We just read about it on Shabbat, right? She left. She left. Who else left? Avram left. Who else left? Who else left? We just read it. Come on, last week. Come on. It says Yishmael was Mitzachek. Mitzachek could be laughed as well. And then we're going to read about Yitzhak was Mitzachek and Ishto. He was laughing with his wife. You know. Says, uh, interesting idea. Says, Ishmael laughed, they threw him out. Sarah laughed, Hashem rebukes her. Aram laughed, nothing happened. And Yitzhak laughed with his wife, no problem. So, what's going on? There's different kinds of laughter. Are you laughing at someone or are you laughing with someone? Are you laughing at Hashem or are you laughing with Hashem? Are you happy? What, what does the laughter represent? There's good kinds of, different kinds of humor. The whole parasha of humor is last week's parasha. And this is coming parasha. Humor. There's a whole parasha on humor. Aleshur discusses humor. He calls it Bidikhut Hadad. He says there's a good inyan for every person to have a good Bidikhut Hadad. See, the good rabbis have survived for a long time. They all have a sense of humor. It's impossible to survive as a rabbi without a sense of humor. It's impossible. You have to have a good sense of humor. You have to. It's always good. It, it helps a person to relax. It helps a person to put some perspective on things. Spin it around with a sense of humor. So it's important that we should have to develop a sense of humor. That's another chokmah to develop a sense of humor. That's why we have so many Jewish comedians. Because we've been so afflicted so much. I mean, how do you express How do you get it out? How do you get the anger out? There's a story about Hasidic Rebbe. The famous story, I'm sure you've heard it. It's Sukkot and he has no money to buy an etrog. And an etrog in Eastern Europe costs a fortune. What does he do? He says he has this tefillin from his grandfather. Very valuable pair of tefillin. He says, well, tefillin on Sukkot, there's different opinions. Some people don't wear tefillin on Sukkot. So listen, now I shall sell my tefillin 
and buy a netrock because for uh, eight days there's no mitzvah to fill it. So therefore, you know, buy this eight days. Hopefully Hashem will provide me with enough money for to fill it. Nice optimistic thought. Plus, to fill it, you can always borrow from someone else. Etrog, you can too, but on the first day, on the first day, it says, Ulkartem Lachem. It's got to be yours, so ideally it should be yours, ideally. Today we have other patents. But ideally it should be yours. The Etrog's got to be yours. So what he did, he sold his tefillin. And he bought an Etrog. A beautiful Etrog. The most expensive Etrog. In the meantime, his wife was wondering how they're going to have enough money in the, in the, to buy food for Yom Tov. So his wife was delighted when he heard the news. I sold my grandfather's tefillin. She said, wow, now we can buy food for Yom Tov. And then he said, and then I bought an etrog. She took the etrog, she smashed the pit on, and she threw it on the floor. He said, God, he says, I lost my grandfather's tefillin. God, he said, I, said, I, lost, my, I lost my etrog. But Hashem, I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to lose my temper. Those are going to know what's important. One of the most important things is not to lose it. Not to lose it. Because that ke'ilu oved avura zara, that's a slippery slope down. When a person's not in control, they, they can do anything. They can turn to murder. They can do anything. A person should never lose it. It's forbidden to lose control. It's one of the worst things. What should a person do? So the end of the story is, he started dancing and singing. What happens? So the Sefer HaKinu says a beautiful introduction. So Sefer HaKinu, which is uh, compulsory reading for every Jew, every Shabbat, he goes through the mitzvah of the week. Sefer HaKinu explains the mitzvah of the week, usually according to the Rambam. And he goes through the whole Torah, explaining the mitzvah of the week. And he says, at the beginning, he says, amazing idea. He said, Hashem wants to change who we are. How does Hashem change who we are? He says, if you do and act in a certain way, you're going to change your essence. The mitzvot are the vehicles for change. How? If we act in a certain way, that mitzvah is going to change me. If I give the tzedakah every day, that mitzvah is going to make me a generous person, hopefully. If I keep Shabbat every week, that mitzvah is going to affect me in a certain way. Maybe cause me more relaxed, maybe cause me a more cohesive family. It's going to change me. If today there's a whole field of psychology called behavior modification. How does behavior modification work? If you look happy, if you act happy, you're going to be happy. If you act confident, look confident, you're going to be confident. So that's one of the techniques in anger management is look happy, stay cool, look cool, even though you're burning inside. Stay cool, look cool. Instead of trying to change others with our rage, just try and change ourselves. Find Professor um, Salanta. So when I was a young rabbi, I wanted to change the whole world. When I grew up a little bit, I said, I can't change the world, let me change my town. When I grew up a bit more, I said, I can't change my town, let me change my family. When he grew up a bit more, he says, I can't change my family, he says, let me change myself. So rage, try to accomplish by rage is maybe we'll change other people. I'll be mad at them and maybe they'll change. So let's learn Musar and say instead of being mad at them, try to change them. Let me change myself. Let's change ourselves. Kumar says in Brachot 17a. This phrase was always on the tongues of Abaye. I'm sure you've heard of Rabbi and Abaye, famous 
protagonist of the Gemara. Of course, there was no ill will, no ill feelings. They argued the Shem Shemayim. He always used to quote a verse from Mishlei, chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle response turns away anger. A negative response increases anger. This is one of the chief rabbis of the time. Why? He's dealing with people. What does, this thing, what does he say over and over to himself? Always over-repeating to himself. A gentle response turns away anger. Remember, let's, let's try and repeat it. A gentle response... Oh, Baruch Hashem. A negative response increases anger. So he kept repeating himself. Why is he repeating himself? He's conditioning himself. And that's a technique in anger management. Let's condition ourselves. Let's work it out. How are we going to respond to someone who comes out with barbs against us? So let's keep working on ourselves. Let's try and work on ourselves. The harder way. One of the Musa, sorry, I forgot which one. He says, always keep a journal. Keep a journal. Study oneself. This was the situation today. This is how I responded. Study oneself. Study how one own, one own one's own responses. This way a person will know, I spoke the right way. Why? Because I did this, and I know the techniques, how to handle myself in different situations. That's very hard. But that's why it's called Avodat Hashem. We are here to serve Hashem. Avodat Hashem is not just serving Hashem by praying. Avodat Hashem is also by serving Hashem by fixing ourselves as part of Avodat Hashem. Let's stop over here. Any questions? We have time for questions. Okay, I'm glad it's self-explanatory. You can go home with an early, early night, and thank you for coming. And yes. Question back here. Yes, go ahead. Um, could you could you think like to fix yourself would be uh, like to define it as I, I just sort of believing in yourself and God and others and behavior. Yes, fixing one's character traits. The Rambam discussing. We want to look at the Rambam Hilchot Deot. He discusses fixing one's character traits. Because we are, who are we? We are the sum total of our character traits. That's who we are. If you want to define who a person is, we are the sum total of our character traits. That's who we are. Who is the person? The person is the sum total. So we have to fix ourselves means we have to perfect each of our traits. The word for traits in Hebrew is? Midot. What are midot? Measurements. Where do we find measurements in the Torah? Huh? But Mishkan, where else? A couple of weeks ago. Tevat Noah. What are the measurements of Tevat Noah? 300 by? By 30 by? 50. Very good. Excellent memory. 300 by 50 by? 30. Lashon. Lamed is 30. Shin is 300. Nun is 50. Lashon is the measurements because our Lashon expresses what's inside the Midot of a person. Come out of the Lashon. We have to work on our Midot. We have to work on the Lashon. I want to thank ACT for doing a great service to the community. I want to thank the rabbis of the community, Rabbi Luban, Rabbi Biodonik, who uh, support this program. I want to thank you for coming out in the rain and supporting this program. Let's all work on ourselves. We all have to do work on ourselves. Thank you.